Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to a court of fairies and fangirls. I'm Alex. And I'm Sarah. And this is a Sarah J. Mass fan podcast where we are obsessed with her books and can't stop thinking about them or talking about them. So we figured why not record us thinking and talking about it. We're going to break down chapters, go through each book separately, go into character analysis and any thoughts or kind of theories that we have about books, characters, plots, etc. And maybe play some fun games along the way. Exactly. So welcome and enjoy. Fandom world. Fan fiction fandom world. You ship a couple. Okay. So because they're in a relationship, Mm -hmm. you want them to set sail on the boat of love. I don't know exactly where that came from. But ship. (laughs) Ship is like the term. So a crack ship Mm -hmm. is like... People being like, really? Yeah. Okay, so like a crack ship example would be like Harry and Luna. Oh, yeah, no. See, we'd be like, mm, no, but mm. there are some people out there. Really? There's. Everyone. I'm sure there's something for everyone, yeah. Everybody is out there. Yeah. So um, that's the concept of crack. So like the idea of Tarquin and Gwyn, you're like, what the fuck? Like, where do you even come up with where that? Where do you even come up with that? Okay. No, but some I, people yeah. are like... I can see it. I see it. That's my ship. And I'm Mm. like, if you say so, crazies. Interesting. I understand now. (laughs) I'm so sorry. You're fine. I was just like, I'll just ask her today because I don't know what she's talking about. Oh, my gosh. And Andy's going to get a crack out of that, though. Yeah. You you didn't know what ship. It makes sense. I'm sure. Her and I are the fan fiction junkies. But All right. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. This is week four. Yeah, we're on episode four. Mm -hmm. We're doing chapters 13 through 15, and we're calling this week's episode That Look on Your Face. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Yes. Um, Best part of this section of chapters, in my opinion. Like the last, like, three pages? Yeah. (laughs) That was definitely, like, the highlight of this entire section. Yeah. Yeah. all right, well, we'll dive in with chapter 13. For a summary, I have Nesta runs into Gwen in the library and helps her out of a predicament. What'd you notice? I thought this was a really good chapter for Nesta. Yeah. Um, she's like taking initiative to help somebody without being asked. I was like, this is she's, massive. She's being helpful. This period. is crazy. <laughs> um, and I definitely think like her working in the library is going to help heal her. Yes. So I, I think we can, like, see it starting already to manifest in this chapter. Mm-hmm. She's, like, definitely improving. Yeah. Um, at the very beginning of this chapter, mm-hmm. um, she's in the library and she's very sore yep. from her exercises. And just a comment I thought was funny. She said, um, that much soreness just from stretches and balance exercises. She didn't want to consider what a workout like the one she'd seen Cassian go through would do to her. And I was like, same. Yeah. I don't want to work out on Cassian. Like, uh, part of me does. Part of me wants to work out on Cassian's level. But the other part of me is like, no, I'm good. Yeah. Well, and it's like, I, especially 
as somebody that like hasn't worked out in a while yep that first day back (laughs) you're done like you are dead you're like I feel like I just ran a marathon yes it's the hardest thing you've ever done in your life and then you like can't move for like four days I know (laughs) and then you're like what so and I also feel her on the starving thing yes like I know once your body like kicks it into gear you're it's it's like a a ravenous hunger that you have Mm -hmm. never felt before in your life it's yep unbelievable it really is and then it's like you want to eat literally everything in your house it's terrible Mm -hmm. at least at least when i think about prithian and the way their house works i don't picture them like kind of walking into their pantry and opening it up and be like what snacks do i have yeah they don't have gummies no they they don't have (laughs) trash just sitting around to junk on it's like i guess that's not really technically the right word to junk on (laughs) (laughs) to eat i don't know eat junk food whatever yes but the house is just, like, giving her food. That's true. So she doesn't have like, to actually cook. Right. She doesn't have to cook. She doesn't have to specify, like, oh, am I going to eat healthy today or what? The house is just like, oh, you need, like, protein, vegetables. Here you go. The I'm dream. like, that's the dream. The dream. So, and you're not, like, tempted either. Exactly. So. There's there's no waiting period. That's the worst part. Yeah. Because it's like, maybe I've exercised and I have the energy to cook something. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I can't wait. 30 minutes no to eat food because otherwise i'm gonna pass out yeah <laughs> Ugh, the struggle um but yeah so she's down in the library and it just like she's kind of reflecting she's like whatever calm and quiet she'd managed to capture in her head had dissipated like smoke only moving would keep her at bay mm. so like it sucks that already that you know the workout kind of has faded and she's got her crazy thoughts back again yeah um, and she's shelving books, and she is surprised by Gwen. And I think this is funny. Gwen asks her, can't you use magic to put it up on the shelf? And I'm like, I didn't even think about that. No, I I didn't either. <laughs> and I feel like Nesta probably didn't either because it's like she's been immortal for so long. Yep. That's never your first instinct is to, like, use magic when that's not something that you've had in your arsenal before. Exactly. And so she says no, and Gwen's like, you don't need to tell me you've been shelving everything by hand. And it's like... <laughs> oh we gotta like adjust to this new world but because of this they kind of start talking about um like or nesta's power gets brought up Mm -hmm. in her brain and she said regarding her power it was no one's concern she had none of the high phase usual gifts her power that thing was utterly alien grotesque and i'm just like how like nesta what is your power what is this experience and also, it's sad to, like, hate something that is essentially, like, living inside of you that yeah. deeply. I don't know. Just yeah. lots of, like, internal struggles here. I'm empathizing. Yes, I do, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but we learn a little bit about um, Gwen. She's kind of talking about how she works for Meryl. Mm-hmm. So, apparently, Meryl is a very demanding. And Gwen's kind of freaking out because she didn't get a book for her. Right. So, well, um, she got the wrong volume of a book, and I'm like, right. that's easy to me- mess up. Yes, but I'm like, Meryl sounds absolutely ridiculous. The fact that she gets <laughs> pissy for not getting yeah. a book like that day, I'm like, honestly, like, I know you're researching, and research is important, but like, you're gonna be fine. Your research is not like ending, like it's not gonna save the world from like destruction in two days. You know what I mean? Right. Like, regardless of what the research is, there's no way that like having yes. a book this day versus tomorrow changes anything yeah like (laughs) yeah i it's so funny you mentioned that because i feel like it's so applicable to like real life and careers because whenever i interact with someone in the corporate world or in my husband talking to me about his work Mm -hmm. i'm just like it's not that important right like it's 
it's valuable. What you're doing is valuable. Yes. But perspective. Yeah. Not everybody. So she could get a good lesson in that, Miss mm-hmm. Merrill. Yes. But um, so essentially she's been trying to find this other volume mm-hmm. and hasn't been able to find it. Nesta hasn't come across it either. Um, and just this um, this mistake, if you will, that Gwen made mm-hmm. really sparks an interesting conversation around like how Gwen is kind of like driven. Yeah. Um, so she says, you know, Nessa asks, why does it matter? Mm-hmm. And Gwen says, because I don't like to fail. I can't. I don't want to make any more mistakes. These females took me in, gave me shelter and healing and family. I cannot stand to fail them in anything, especially someone as demanding as Meryl, even when it might seem trivial. And I was just like, oh, Gwen. I know. Sweet baby Gwen. No, like, but like, because she kind of like pauses when she's like saying that. And it makes me think that like, obviously she did something where a mistake was made. Yeah. And that maybe that's why she's in here because of like the effect of her yeah. mistake. So it, I totally understand where she's coming from and that she doesn't want to make a mistake at all for anything. Yes. Clearly that is connected to her trauma. Yeah. But it's just, it's so sad. It's like. Yeah. Super sad. Honey, they're not going to kick you out because you grabbed the wrong volume. Like you're safe. Mm -hmm. But I mean, that's hard when you've gone through like that intense of a trauma. Right. To like overcome that. But um, we learn also that, you know, most people when they get here, like they, they stay until they're ready to go. But Mm -hmm. most people just like don't even leave. Like their dorms have windows, Mm -hmm. which are glamored away so the rest of the world can't see but they pretty much just like live their life down here they don't see much daylight but they do their services and it's it's crazy to me i was like crazy they don't they don't leave at all like at all at all i couldn't fathom it like living in the same building and never going anywhere especially when volaris is right there yeah like i I mean like i imagine this place is massive yeah like massive it's probably like a town in and of itself um so anyway basically Gwen gets to a point where she's like all right well if you see this book let me know I gotta go try and run oh my gosh what's it called interference yeah there we go. run interference with Meryl and so Gwen leaves and I think Nesta was just like really touched by like Gwen's openness and sincerity yep. in that conversation so she decides to do something nice. I know. <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm so proud of her. So like, proud of proud her. Proud mama moment. Yes. And so she talks to the house and says, can you do me a favor? Uh, so she asks the house for a particular volume of the book. And all of a sudden, the book appears right before her with a big thump. I like that she just like thinks like maybe the house will just deliver it. I like, know. Well, and- the house has been doing some like fun kooky stuff up to this point so yeah. why not why not so why i appreciate not? that oh i did want to point out that we did learn from gwen that she had been an acolyte in sangrava yes. sangrava i don't know how you say it i said sangrava sangrava so i know a little bit later on in this section of chapters we learn a little bit more about that yes so well and for the astute like if someone is like very intense on lore they should already recognize sangrava because that temple that particular area ha- came up in both i think just wings and rowan mm. um so for the particularly astute you know what's coming so nesta now has this book gwen has departed and so she is going to go to meryl's office and try to switcheroo it herself mm-hmm. um so she gets all the way up there it is 
three stories above her. Yep. Um, and so she gets to have her first interaction with Meryl. Yep. Who is not what I pictured. No, not at all. I very I pictured like spinster, like library spinster vibes. Like I want it gray hair pulled back into a bun with like glasses. Just she's just like your typical like what you picture the angry librarian. Yes. The old angry librarian. Exactly. But apparently she is just stunningly beautiful. Um, she said that she. Ernesta said that she made even more look drab. And I was like, okay. Um, she had hair white as fresh snow, um, light brown skin, eyes the color of a twilight sky. And I'm just like, dang, this this chick is pretty, but like she needs an attitude check. <laughs> and she sounds young too. Like Nesta yes. thinks that she's kind of like her age. So mm-hmm. I'm like, how do you become such a scholar at a young age. Well, they probably just look that way. She could easily be oh, like three hundred. Yeah. I forget old that they're fae sometimes. <laughs> um. Anywho, so Nesta's kind of chatting with Meryl, trying to like sneak, yeah, switch the books. Um. And Meryl is not having any of it. No. Like she's just like, "Why are you here? Please mm-hmm. leave. Like I don't under like go away." Um. But she does manage to successfully switch the volumes. Yes. Which is very exciting. Very clever. I was like, you go, girl. Mm-hmm. Look at you. And also, in a fun way, like, I almost imagine this, like, giving her, like, a little excitement in the day. You know, it's like, I'm going to yeah. go on a little adventure, and I'm yep. going to do this thing. So she's still working at the library, but doing it a little differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you notice anything else about Meryl or that interaction? Um, I like that she was just, like, trying to play dumb because yeah. Meryl's like, where's Gwyneth? And she's like, who's Gwyneth? Like, yeah. I don't know. So, yeah, I feel like this is just, like, a change of pace for Nesta to break it up, meet new priestesses. I like that we're kind of meeting all of the priestesses. Yeah. I think that's cool. Um, but it's no. Because it's its own little ecosystem down there. Yeah. So. But, to, and to that point, like, you're going to get priestesses with, like, vastly different personalities. For like, sure. They're definitely not going to be all the same. So no. it's, it's cool to meet so many mm-hmm. and to meet so many that are, like, distinct in their own way they're not just like all the same cl- little like clones like i picture like the star wars like clones yeah like it's not that no but i do like i also like that none of them will talk badly about another one yeah so it's like gwen talks about how hard meryl is to work for but she's mm-hmm. like i'm never gonna say anything bad about my sisters yeah I, like, I respect this so much it's like they've all had their trauma and they're just like accepting people for who they are yeah why can't everyone be like this i know well, I think maybe in order to do that, you probably need to experience some deep trauma. And probably. Nobody wants to do that. No, don't wish that on anyone. <laughs> we no. don't wish that. Um. So, anywho, so Nesta's successful, mm-hmm. and she goes to find Gwyn and lets her know that she did a little swap. Yeah. Um. But so, in order to find, like, the... In order to find Gwen, she asks a priestess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just felt really bad when she was talking to this priestess. She said, so t- so trembling and nervous that even Nesta had to use her most gentle voice mm-hmm. and been unable to shake the heaviness in her heart. Like, that just makes me... The fact that Nesta recognizes how broken this poor female is, mm-hmm. that she has to use her delicate voice for her. Yeah. That's just so sad. That is so sad. 
Uh, so we learn a bit just in our conversation with Gwen about what the heck Meryl is even researching. Right. So we learned out apparently first when Meryl had arrived, mm-hmm. she had been um, researching. It was do, do, do. she was obsessed with theories regarding the existence of different realms, different worlds. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that's exciting. Um, but then now she's kind of pivoted to writing a comprehensive history of the Valkyries. Yeah. Which are a clan of female warriors from another territory. And the Valkyries seem like pretty badass. It's not like the Illyrians where it's like a race of people. The Valkyries are an amalgamation of folks who've come together to learn the practice and mm. to like become these warriors. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, they're like all but extinct right now. Um, and their history and training were mostly oral. So Meryl is kind of working to get a written documentation right. on their behalf right now. And especially once we learned this, I was like, really? You're tr- you're like, your research is so important that you needed this book today. Yeah. Like, I was like <laughs> you're literally compiling <laughs> histories from multiple books. About an extinct group of people. Yes. <laughs> so urgent. It is so urgent that you have that book today. Yeah, when I saw that, I was cracking up. I was like, this is your important research? This. Like, maybe if it was your old research about the different worlds, and maybe you were, like, trying to get to different worlds or, like, do something cool like that, that seems a little more pressing than, like, <laughs> co- combining research. But, like, only research. a little bit. Yeah. Combining research on a history of a dead people. <laughs> no big deal. No big deal. So after, you know, she has that conversation with Gwen, it kind of, the chapter wraps up with her going back to her room, just utterly exhausted from the day. And she takes a hot bath, which I was very impressed that, like, she didn't panic at all with this bath. Yeah. Because remember, like, in yeah. Frost and Starlight, it was a very, like, triggering experience. Like, mm-hmm. so clearly the exercise is doing enough to make her just, like, yeah slip into this bath and let it, like, feel good. It's not just, like, a moment of washing. Right. Yeah, because I know, like, in Frost and Starlight, she kind of, like, talked about how she worked through. She, like, forced herself to start yep. taking baths. Um but now I think it's more enjoyable, especially when she gets, like, big bubble baths from the house. Like, yeah. that sounds amazing. So, But so I, I thought that was a, a cool, like, little subtle sign of yeah. her progress. No, for sure. And then she just, like, passes out naked on her bed. I know. I'm just, like, <laughs> cracking up. Like, I can totally picture it. It's, like, her first day of hardcore training. Yes. And then working for hours in yes. the library. Yeah. She's exhausted. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, chapter 14. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh. I love the way this chapter ends. So it says Nesta slept and slept and slept. Those, those she could have sworn that her door opened at one point could have sworn a familiar beckoning scent filled her room. She reached toward it with a sleep heavy hand, but it was already gone. Mm. I was like, is Cassian checking on you? I think he's checking on you. Mm. Love it. Yes. Next chapter. Okay, Chapter 14. I put Nesta continues to improve and Cassian has a meeting with Eris. What did you notice? Yeah, so Nesta willingly comes back to training. Nesta. This is like big steps. I know it's not big steps. Our standards were so low that these are big steps for her. (laughs) But I'm just like really proud of her right now. Yeah. So she comes back to training. Talon sounds like he's given up on everything. And like the house is the best. These are my three overarching themes of this chapter. (laughs) Well, speaking of the house being the best, at the very beginning, um, Cassian is kind of, you know, in his head. And he's talking about how he... Checked on her yesterday and this morning, 
And she's, um, sorry, he said a tray had appeared beside her doorway full of empty plates as if the house was showing him precisely how much she'd eaten as if the house was proud of what it had gotten her to eat. Yes. I'm just like, I love the house's energy. Yes. It's so like, great. Like, look at me. I got her fed. Yep. So it's just really funny. And he's like, I need to ask Reese about like, is this house sentient or not? <laughs> like, cause no, he's never mentioned it in five centuries. And These then he's just questions. like, Oh my gosh, like all the dirty things that I've done here. Like, does the house know? <laughs> Too funny. Oh, it's watching you. I know. Um, so, but Cassian is waiting at the training area in the house of wind for Nesta and he's waiting and waiting and he's realizing Nesta isn't here yet, even though technically their time has started and come to find out it's because she is just struggling to move. Yeah, (laughs) She's like, I made it up the stairs, didn't I? And it's like, oh, you poor girl. Yeah. But Cassie just like laughs when he sees her because of how sore she is. But yes. she came. She came. But she I'm came. so happy for her. Oh, so good. Um, let's see. What else? Um, one thing I appreciate I'm gonna keep saying this is these lessons with Cassian are so real world applicable. Yes. He's like, you have to break up the lactic acid. That's why you're sore and you need to stretch like, and do, you need do to fairies breathe. Fairies have lactic acid build up in their body. Apparently. Apparently so. This is just how muscles work. Yeah. Science. Um, but anywho, no, I just, I really appreciate these like training moments with Cassie and it's a good learning experience for everybody. Yes. Um, let's see. What else are you noticing about their interactions? Um, so he's like helping her stretch and telling her that it's going to get easier. And then he compliments her, which I thought was very nice. He says she's like nimble on her feet and she's like attributing it to her dancing as a kid. And they kind of talk a little bit about, um, like their childhood and Nesta saying that like she definitely was not her dad's princess. Yeah. Um, but she was her mom's like, what was it? Like plaything monster creature creature. <laughs> I was like, what? Why would you say that? Like, I'm sorry. You were not your mother's creature. I mean, or was she? I don't know. I, I don't mama Archeron. I don't have very high standards for her. No, I don't either. So, but I don't know. I just thought it was an interesting way to phrase it. Yeah. Um, but to kind of change the conversation, Nesta asks Cassian about Sangrava mm-hmm. because Gwen had noticed that she or had noted that she was from there. Right. And Cassian goes, quote, holy still. Yeah. So um he explains to her what we in theory kind of already knew but is connecting the dots about how hibern was looking for the cauldron back then for the pieces of its feet one was hidden at the temple in sangrava its power used to fuel its priestesses gifts for millennia hibern found out and sent a unit of their deadliest and cruelest warriors to retrieve it they slaughtered most of the priestesses for sport and raped any they found to their liking and kind of you know gives the background about how some some were rescued. Um, he knew one got taken into the library, but you know, it's, he says, "I don't know what became of the other survivors, but I'm glad I'm glad one wound up here safe. I mean, with people who understand and wish to help." So, like, that's what Gwen went through. We don't know all of the details, right. but we have to assume that she was probably like raped, saw her friends murdered, saw other friends raped, like yes. horrible, horrible, traumatic experience. Yes. That's awful. It really is. Um, and let's see. So Nesta, after that conversation, gets up 
and she realizes that her legs feel better and Cassian says stretching never forget the stretching and I just feel like that's really wise yeah <laughs> and I feel like that's something we should all remember we should always stretch so we pivot to being in the spring court yep and I feel Cassian I totally feel Cassian <laughs> like especially as somebody like Cassian is not a frequenter of the spring court nope. so if you are not a frequenter of somebody to spring weather in the south at least in Georgia Mm-mm. you do not understand the pollen no you do not get it <sighs> did I ever tell you when I first moved to Georgia I was like in the ER they thought I was having some kind of like stroke type thing like they're like they're I had to like ultrasound my thighs because they thought I maybe had like a blood clot because I couldn't breathe oh my gosh because it like that's how bad it was they yeah. were like oh eventually they're like it's just allergies and I'm like what do you just allergies but that's all it was they gave it a fancy name for like really bad allergies but like so i i feel you cassie yeah. so listeners if you're from georgia you know Ugh. what we're talking about or the spring. south in general but like very honestly there's something weird about georgia georgia has like one of the highest pollen counts yeah when i lived in tennessee i don't feel like i had this experience no i think because you get two true change of seasons in tennessee mm. So I think at least, like, the cold, like, really kills off mm, everything in the... Maybe that's it. But I know, like, Georgia, like, our winters are so light and mild most of the time that it doesn't even kill off all the bugs, so we don't lose, like... So everything doesn't have to, like, regrow. Interesting. So we get more pollen, I, I think, is part of the... all of it. I know. It's terrible. So, listeners, if you don't live in Georgia and don't live in a pollen state, you're you a lucky... You don't even know. Yeah, you don't understand <laughs> what, like, Cassian and we go through in the spring, uh, so... It's terrible. Yeah. All right, so... Summary, spring sucks. Yes. And I love, I love like Reese's comment because like Cassian just like can't stop scratching, which I get totally get. Yeah. He's like the fear general felled by seasonal allergies. Hey. Hey, dude, they suck. They are much worse than people yeah. want to acknowledge. If you've never experienced it, you don't know. So you don't get to say anything. No. But if you know, you know. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the reason they're in the spring court is because they are meeting with Eris. Yep. Our favorite. I know. I was kind of surprised, but then I was like thinking, I was like, no, this is probably like a good neutral ground. And yep. Tamlin does not seem to be one that's like monitoring the spring court. So nope. this is probably, you know, a good spot. Yeah. And so Eris is like essentially trying to convince Reese and Cassian to just start taking out the queens. Yeah. I'm no like, big deal or anything. I'm like, or, you know, you could do it. Uh-huh. Try to get someone else to do your dirty work. Mm-mm. But Reese is like, he's like, it would, it, it would, it would fix the problem, but it's only short term. And yep. Reese is trying to do long term problem solving here. Exactly. So. Um, and I thought it was really interesting. So Eris says, he said, they say a beast prowls these lands now, a beast with keen green eyes and golden fur. Some people think the beast has forgotten his other shapes so long has he spent in his monstrous form. And though he roams these lands, he does not see or care for the neglect he passes, the lawlessness, the vulnerability. Even his manner has fallen into disrepair, half eaten by thorns, through, though rumors fly that he himself destroyed it. Yikes! Hamlin, like... I know in, like, Frost not and Starlight, well. he was not in a good place. And, like, Reese was visiting him, and he's like, you need to eat. You need to, like, step up, fix yourself, yep. like, man up, basically. Clearly, that has not happened. No. And he's, like, only in his beast form. Like, he doesn't even – the fact that he's, like, not oh. even, like, sitting there as, like, a person, that just seems really bad. Yeah, I would love to see a 
therapist go yeah. to town on this because there's some deep issues with that. Oh, for sure. I feel like you're just reverting into your beast form. So it's like you don't have to talk to anybody. You don't have to like deal with any of the He's facts. He's disassociating. Like, that's totally what it is. Yeah. So not good. Mm-mm. But basically – He's implying that, like, Baron wants to take over the spring court because Tamlin's not really there to do anything about it. So, not good. No, it is not at all. Um, And as we're wrapping up this interaction, um, Er Eris says to them, or Cassian asks, like, why is he doing this? Mm -hmm. And Eris says, for the same reason I left Morrigan untouched at the border. And Cassian says, you left her there to suffer and die. And he says, did I? Perhaps you should ask Morgan whether that's true. I think she finally knows the answer. I'm like, what does that mean? I'm just saying, I am I think there's something more to the story. And clearly there is. There so is. Like, But like, here, is there more to the story? Yes. Yes. <laughs> is it life-altering and redeeming? Maybe. No. Maybe. No. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. I say no. Um. Anywho. Uh. Anything else with their interactions with Eris? Reese is like really distracted. Like mm. while they're there. Um. Not really sure. Like. Like Cassian's like he's distracted sometimes, but this was like he was just like staring into oblivion kind of thing. And Cassian's yeah. like, "What's the matter with you?" Mm. And Reese blinked as if he'd forgotten Cassian stood beside him. I was like. What's going on with him? That's not normal. Like, what? what is on your mind that you are so distracted that, like, you can't even focus? Mm. So that was my only other thing from that. Fair enough. Uh, let's see. So this last section, Nesta has taken on the stairs once again. <laughs> yep. And she's gotten a little bit better. She made it to step 150. Which, I really, is that that much better? I mean, 40 steps more. It's progress. Yep. Um, you know, she's very sore from these workouts. She is. I'll give her that. So. so she makes it back up. Again, I don't understand, but she makes it back up. Yep. And um, the house had dinner waiting on her desk mm-hmm. along with a book. Yes. And she said apparently it had noted her request for a book the other day and deemed The Great War too dull. The title of this one was Suitably Smutty. And I was like, oh, what a lovely evening for you, Nesta. I know. And she's like, I didn't know you had dirty taste talking to the house. <laughs> and I love that. And it's just, I'm like, that sounds wonderful. It's like a book, dinner, and a bath. Done. I'm in. Let me move. Let me and move in with you. chocolate cake at the end of it all. Yes. So. I'm here for it. I'm so here for it. I love the house. Yep. <clears throat> all right. Last chapter, chapter 15. Yep. Um, Nesta has a scary encounter at the library and an exciting dinner with Cassian. I just said the end of this chapter. <laughs> yes. I'm loving it. It's so good. Yes. Like, um, I, didn't, I didn't think I would appreciate Nesta's, like, I mean, I think everybody can kind of see where this is leading. Like, clearly yeah. we knew that Nesta and Cassian had something at the end of, like, Act yes. War. there was some tension there. Right. And them living together, you can see the setup. Like, they're falling in love. Like, let's just... I mean... We can if, predict. Where that's a hope, for that's, sure. That's a hopeful prediction that they're going to fall in love. Like, I didn't... I know I've, like, read this book already, so, like, I do know what happens. But I didn't think, like, when I was rereading it that I would enjoy them falling in love or whatever whatever you want to call it um as much as i am like seeing because i think like i'm appreciating it the first time i read this book 
I was a, such a Nesta hater, like yeah. to like the thousandth percent that yeah. I was like, why do I have to read a whole book about Nesta? Yeah. I was like, she's ridiculous. I don't care. Yes. I love <laughs> Cassian. So I do love the smut, but like that was really it. Yeah. But I think rereading it, getting some more perspective on like just seeing Nesta grow throughout the previous few books. Like I'm enjoying her falling for Cassian yeah. more this time. So Aww. positive vibes. I love that. On a connected but slightly unrelated note, I saw a TikTok the other day, mm-hmm. and it was like, if you don't, if you don't like Nesta, uh-huh. then that just means you haven't gone through anything hard in your life. And I was um, like, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm sorry, not accurate. You're like, that's absolutely not true. Yes. We just process it differently. Yes. So, and I'm, I'm sorry, like, my heart is different than your heart that's different than your heart. So, like, right. when people say that, I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, but it's it's no. also, like, what? Like, tra- like trauma yes. can happen to a lot of different people. Yep. And it can, ha- like, cause a different response yes. for a lot of different people. Like, right. Nesta's trauma response is mm-hmm. not the only trauma response. No. Well, look at Farrah's trauma response. Exactly. Like, they're literally sisters. And even or Elaine. Or, like, Gwyn or anybody. Any of them. Yeah. So, I just was, like, I saw that TikTok, and I was, like, oh, girl, you are lucky. I don't fight with people in comments on social <laughs> media because I would have something to say to you. Yeah. Like. No. No. Mm-mm. And, anywho. Side tangent. Yes. Chapter 15. <laughs> Back to the chapter. Back to the chapter. <laughs> we are in the library. Yep. And she had to go pretty deep into the library. She's on the seventh level. Which is down, not up. Which yeah, is like, it's deep. Like, yeah. one is at the top. Right. Two is the next. Yeah. And you're, you're going down. But so she's close to that black pit where Bryaxis used to be. Right. And Bryaxis is gone. Mm-hmm. But I just think this is so interesting. She said, and yet the darkness remained. It pulsed. Tendrils of shadows drifting upward. What is yeah. down there? I don't know. She said it was like an entry into some dark pit of hell. The darkness seemed to rise and fall like it was breathing. I'm like, no, thank you. No, no thank, thank you. you. Um, so Nesta is staring into the creepy darkness and it's like calling her name. It's also giving me like cauldron vibes. Yes, that's exactly bit. what I was thinking. I just, yeah, the fact that it's like calling her name. She's like almost getting sucked into it yeah. where she can't like pull back. It feels very cauldron-esque. Yes. So, but she's interrupted, thankfully, by Gwen. Yep. Um, and Gwen's kind of like, what did you see? She says, why? Did you see things in the darkness? She says, no, but some of the others do. They say the dark has trailed them right to their doors. She says, I saw darkness, pure darkness. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> okay. I thought that the library was like a safe space right. for these priestesses. And the only thing down there was by access. Yes. Why are these priestesses and Nesta being followed by some creepy darkness? Also, was was Bryaxis protecting them from whatever is down there right now? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I don't like that. I'm like, this is supposed to be a safe space. I should not be scared right. to be in the library. Like, none of them should be. It's very confusing. Very confusing. And, like, counter... Intuitive? Yeah. I guess? Yeah? Counterintuitive? Sure. Yeah, because it's a safe space and then there's something scary. It's like, yeah. why... Let's pick a better safe space if there's a really scary thing down here. (laughs) Um, So anyway, I think it's so interesting, though. It's like you see Gwen, like, snap into action. Yes. And I was like, you go, girl. Because she's like, 
you know, like, leave the book, don't look behind, what level's your card on? Nesta says four, and she goes, don't look behind, and is, like, pinching her and carrying her basically up the stairs. Yeah, she's like, start walking. <laughs> yeah, she's like, we are leaving. And um, Nesta asks, is it following? And Gwen says, no, but I can feel something, like a cat, small and clever and curious. It's watching. And she's just, like, hurrying her on. Yeah. Um, until they get up to a much more safer level i guess of the library well she pulls out her stone like yeah. the blue stone that she has as they're walking and she's like watching it as they walk and then mm-hmm. it's like they make it to the fourth floor so they have to go three levels up yep and then the stone like dims yes and then she's like okay we're safe basically also it's interesting to me that the stone was in her pocket yes rather than her wearing it right um and so nesta obviously notices this stone too and asks about it yeah and gwen tells her that it's an invoking stone similar to the scythons of the illyrians except that the power of the mother flows through it we cannot use it for harm only healing and protection and it was shielding us um and apparently nesta at this moment was actually talking about like the darkness and gwen answers that question too she says they say the being that dwelled down there is gone but i believe some piece of it might have lingered or at the very least, altered the darkness itself, which is another interesting idea of what the heck is going on there. Like, yeah. is it just because Bryaxis lived down there for so long that there's like remnants. this remnants or like energy of him without the like nicer sentient mind <laughs> to control it? I'm not sure, but just okay. Like, first off, why why is it like a cat? Like, that's like a bizarre, very bizarre. Like, I'm thinking like darkness, like tendrils following them, but no, it's like a cat. Like, yeah. that's just weird to me. It's like a weird reference. And then why does it just like stop? Like, is it not comfortable in the sunlight? Like, what? Yeah. Did the stone stop it? I don't know. I thought it was very interesting. But Nesta, this is what's interesting. She says, it didn't feel like that. It felt older. Yeah. So it's like, huh. So again, cauldron. Like cauldron-y? It, it feels cauldrony. If it's older, like that is a cauldron ish reference. Right. So And I wonder if this is somehow Oh, what if the mm-hmm. like sentient nature of the house is somehow connected to this? Maybe. Because like the cauldron itself was weirdly sentient also. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe this is like somehow giving the house the extra power. Yeah. Yeah, so Nesta kind of reveals a little bit about herself, which yep. is always surprising that she's, like, willing to talk <laughs> to anybody. But she tells Gwen that she was cauldron maid, and Gwen's like, well, like calls to like, so, yeah. like, maybe. maybe. Um, and she tells her, like, don't go back down there again. And she tells her, make it known to Clotho, and she'll ensure those books are given to others. And Nesta responds, it seems cowardly. But Gwen tells her, I don't wish to learn what might come crawling out of that darkness if you, cauldron maid, fear it, especially if it's drawn to you. And I like that, like, Gwen's just, like, looking out for her. She's yeah. like, no, like, don't worry about the fact that, like, it's your job to reshelve books. Like, no, there's somebody else that can do it, especially, like, if you, like, this weirdly made creature, like, feel this darkness calling you. Like, no, don't go down there. Exactly. Like, that's what it is. Look at her encouraging her to set boundaries. I know. Like, healthy boundaries. Gwen is awesome. Gwen is awesome. Um, Let's see. What else are you noticing? Um, so then Nesta is kind of sitting there and she's like massaging like a cramp in her leg and Gwen asks about it and she says that she's been training with Cassian every morning and she's like, do you know who that is? <laughs> kind of thing. And mm-hmm. Gwen's like, yes, I do. <laughs> we all do. We all know who Cassian <laughs> is. Um, but she asks like, why do you train with him? And Nesta kind of just like gives her a brief explanation, but doesn't really go into detail. Kind of just saying she mm-hmm. had to, it was the best alternative 
for what she needed to do. Yeah. Um, and then Gwen goes to leave and Nesta asks, why don't you wear that stone on your head like the others? And she says, because I don't deserve to. Gwen! Gwen! Stop it! Why? What happened? I don't like it. I don't like that either. I'm just like, you've survived so much trauma, but it's like, obviously, we don't know her story. Yeah. So... I'm sure that plays a part in it, but it's just really sad to not think that you deserve to wear that. I know. So. So sad. I don't know. But I'm very impressed, like, all the openness that Nessa's had with Gwen. Like, this random person that she doesn't really know. Yep. So this is good. This is good progress. very good progress. And let's see. So it's the next morning, and Nesta is training with Cassian again. Yep. Uh, What did you notice about their training this time around? I don't know like it's just it's interesting he's like he winds up telling her like about his childhood like they get yep. she is just having all sorts of conversations hey like, man if you open yourself to it the universe will give it to you yeah so he's telling her about his childhood and how his mom was like raped and she had him and was basically shunned for by her community there's no punishment for the guy that did it to her yeah um but like positively like reese has changed the laws so that the guys can be punished which is good only doesn't really matter because in Illyria the victims would have to come forward and they'd be shunned by their community for saying anything bad against like these guys basically so it sucks but I like I appreciate again Cassian's willingness to like try like he's trying to just talk to her so I thought that was good well and part of the reason he's telling that story he doesn't go into like super depth but he says enough to say um that i meant to try to explain that through it all through every awful thing the training centered me guided me when i had a shit day when i was spat on or pummeled or shunned when i led armies and lost good warriors when reese was taken by amarantha through all of that the training remained you said the other day the breathing helped you it helps me too it helped Feyre. make of that what you will but it's true and it's just like there's a purpose to what you're doing right but, like, it made me really sad because as, like, Cassian is telling Nesta this, she's looking at him and she's, like, she watched the wall rise up in his eyes word after word as if he waited for her to rip it down, rip him down. Oily shame slithered through her. She'd done that. She'd done that. Brought this level of defensiveness to him. Mm. It's so sad. Like it is. He's, like, scared to say anything because, like, he's just waiting for that sharp remark, like, yeah. to put him down. But, like, I like that she's realizing what he's doing so it's like this is a big like a big observation for her yeah. so and she doesn't like come with a terrible comeback yeah it's like oh you managed to control yourself yes unlike at the beginning of this when she was like i can't help it it's yeah. like no you can yep. you did and maybe if you do that enough times he won't be so defensive right anymore. the walls won't build up exactly so i thought that was really good that she's like observing it and choosing to act in a positive way yes so. agreed uh, so we get to the end of the day and um, the house is like refusing to give her dinner in her room. Yeah. She gets smutty books from the house, but no dinner. No dinner. So it once it like opens the door for her to like go <laughs> to the dining room. I, I love the meddling of yep. this house. It's great. So she does. She goes to the dining room. Yep. Um, and again, more conversation. She mm-hmm. winds up telling Cassian about like her eerie experience with the darkness in the library. Yep. Um, and then she kind of asks him about the creatures that he put into the prison, which I, I mean, you and I have both talked like we want a novella on the Cassian adventures of like 
what went into the prison yes or how absolutely. he like put creatures into the prison so we learned like a little bit about that yes well and one of the creatures he highlights is called lanthus yeah which essentially like fathered a race of fairies and it's the boggy yes which we met in book one which were terrifying yes so i can only imagine if this is just like the babies of lanthus <laughs> what lanthus is like yeah and it was like this just sounds like terrible i mean he had no sense yeah. of right and wrong like there it was him and like everybody else's prey basically pretty much um but cassian was so smart he caught him by tricking him into trapping himself in a mirror bound by ash like he basically dared him and the guy's like yeah of course i can do it and so he goes into the mirror but cassian puts the mirror into the prison so when he does escape it so smart he's trapped i was like you are freaking brilliant cassian that was funny and like i love nesta's response she's like not just a brute after all <laughs> like, yes like this guy is so good he is um we learn a little bit like he talks about the seven-headed lubia and then blue anis are the two other creatures that we kind of mm -hmm. learn a little bit about and but. basically they're all just terrifying as anything basically yeah, <laughs> yeah. so nest is like uh no thanks i don't want to hear anymore like i don't want nightmares so <laughs> Which i don't blame her uh, yeah i was like i don't really want to read anymore either so i nope. appreciate that um, but Cassian kind of starts to ask about her powers, if that was connected to the darkness in the library at all. Yeah. And Nesta is just totally lying and blowing her off oh, or yeah. blowing him off. He's, she's like, I don't have any powers. Um, and he goes, then who left the handprint on the stairs? And she goes, maybe Lucian, he's got fire in his veins. And she says, or sorry, Cassian says, he said your fire was different from his, that it burned cold somehow. It's just like so interesting but she is just not wanting to talk about it or yep. share about it at all yep um and he says it never mattered to me whether you took half the cauldron's power or a drop it still doesn't matter she said why why do you even bother why did you say and he responds why did you stay at my side when we went up against the king of hybrid during the last battle mm -hmm. as like that's his like that's his like answer as to like why that's I why he cares that's why he cares like uh, because you chose me like you stood by my side obviously oh. that's why i care i love it oh, such a good response and so he's kind of like firing her up um she says because i was a stupid fool and he says what is it you're afraid of and she's like i'm not afraid of anything and he goes liar and we come to find out this whole thing was just to kind of get that power like flowing in her bones a little bit because he says do you know how your eyes glow when your power rises to the surface like molten steel like silver fire mm. and so he can see it in her eyes yes. right now um and then we enter a delightfully tense scene yes so, like unexpected yes very unexpected like i expected the next three pages to be like she storms off yeah. Like goes back to her room, slams the door, gets pissy, like puts up the walls again. Yep. That is not how this happens. No, that this, is not. That is not the response we get at all. Nope. So she like comes up to Cassian, has like one hand essentially between them. Yep. And they are just like in an interesting like breathing on each other moment. Yeah. Um, and I just I was dying. It said Cassian leaned in to whisper in her ear. The first time I saw that look on your face, you were still human, still human, and I nearly went to my knees before you. Your power is a song, and one I've waited a very, very long time to hear, Nesta. Stop! <laughs> Stop! I want it. Um, and so there's, like, 
delightful tension, but Nesta kind of like mentally talks herself out of it, creates more space between them, ends the moment. I feel like she doesn't really end it. I feel like Cassian is the one that ends it. He kind of like steps away. Well, it was, I'm pretty sure it was her, right? I thought it was. Oh, no, no, no. She tried to. Yes. And then he, like, she was, so she's trying to pull her hand back and he puts his hand on top of hers to stop her. Right. And then he says, do you know what I'm going to think of tonight? And it says, a small sound must have come out of her because he grinned as he stepped to the side, let go of her hand. And he says, I'm going to think of that look on your face. I'm always thinking of that look on your face. Stop. I'm okay. dead. I'm yes. dead. <laughs> dead. Oh, I love it. Uh, yeah. <sighs> Any other thoughts on Cassian? What a man. What a man, what a man, what a man. So they both go back to their rooms, yes. respectively. And I don't think either of them sleep that night. I don't think so. Um. So Nesta is obviously feeling very heated. Oh, yes. Has a lovely little time pleasing herself there. Mm-hmm. But I just, I love, I love how it's, it's, it's all Cassian yes in her brain and well I'm first just, off I love that she tells the house like go away oh like, yeah don't come back till tomorrow <laughs> I'm like, because it just like turns off and doesn't observe you like um, what but yes I love that it is all Cassian like yep. she's like thinking of him being upstairs yep. pleasuring himself to her yeah like, and then she's yeah she and is, it, she's like it was Cassian's hand she wrote I'm like okay girl yeah you live that fantasy life <laughs> I love it also, though, I'm like, he's right upstairs. Yeah. She's like, I covered my mouth to hide the moan. I was like, girl, please. Girl. He can hear you. Just go upstairs. Just go upstairs. Yeah. But it's I was fine. like, you're not, like, he can hear you. Yes. It's not that quiet. But anyway, that's how this section ends. Yeah. So much tension starting. What's going to happen next? Um, next week, we're going to do chapter 16 through 20 title tbd but yep. that was a fun one yeah just a little teaser of what's little to come teaser. yeah I, it's actually i think that's a really good point i felt like we got a lot of little pieces out of this that are just going to be setting up yeah quite a bit in this book so yeah it's a good section what did y'all think yeah let us know so just a reminder Will you guys please send in your questions? Alex and I will be doing another Q&A and we need your questions. So send them in. It could be anything Akatar related, personal, whatever you feel like. Just send them in and we'll be doing a mini soon to answer them. Awesome. And we'll talk next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to A Court of Fairies and Fangirls, a Sarah J. Mass fan podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe, and let us know what you think. You can find us on Instagram at at fairiesandfangirls. Jump in on the conversation, and we look forward to chatting with you more next week. Bye. Bye.